Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. The topic for today's program is Warrior Spirit. Please welcome Rev. Thomas Perchlick of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. The goal of the spiritual life is to live with clarity of purpose, duty, loyalty, sacrifice, and great courage. It is to have a warrior spirit. William Wordsworth described the character of the happy warrior. He said, Who is a happy warrior? He who doomed to go in company with pain and fear and bloodshed, miserable train, turns his necessity to glorious gain. We must honor the soldiers, even those like myself, those who are trying to craft and promote alternatives to war and violence in the world, it is essential that we honor the courage, duty, and sacrifice of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. We must not allow the lives of deaths of compatriots to be lost in the rush of time. We must respect not only the dead, but also those who live on with the stresses of war in their minds, and even those who have served in places of peace. I invite you beginning of this talk to think of the soldiers in Iraq now in Iraq caught between trying to help and needing to hurt never knowing if the Iraqis are their friends or enemies they have a tough job I feel proud of our military force it is the greatest in the world but there are some people who do not merely serve in the military but serve with exceptional courage and honor they take on the ideal of the warrior. They fill their job, their hard work, with noble spirit and living principles. I came across a book the other day called Warrior Spirit, Teaching Awareness Disciplines to the Green Berets by a man named Richard Heckler. The book described Heckler's experience in training special forces personnel in meditation and Aikido. I am told that this book ch helped change the way that some U.S. military personnel conceived training, emphasizing consciousness and psychological elements. One reviewer wrote, Heckler hits the mark in identifying one of the most troubling problems affecting today's U.S. military forces, the ascendancy of technology at the expense of moral values which underpin the true spirit of the profession of arms. This is a must-read for those amongst us who really consider themselves warriors. And what struck me as I read this was that the principles of spiritual practice are not for military people alone, but are the nurture the qualities that should be within the heart of anyone who wants to face the difficulties and challenges of this life. Above all, today, I want to encourage you, to exhort you, to live courageously in the face of all that threatens to destroy your spirit, to drag you down. Now, it's important when holding up this ideal warrior may not romanticize the common soldier, sailor, airman, or marine. Not all are warriors. Not all soldiers are warriors. It is a romantic ideal. Most people in the military are simply fulfilling their job as best they can, just like anyone else, struggling through horrors that are not of their making, doing their best to survive. 
However, the image of the warrior raised up into the, le- in, uh, for example, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, is not one of an ordinary soldier, but a magical, metaphorical one, with the enchanted full armor of God and the bold power of divine strength who fights not against other people, but against spiritual enemies, authorities, powers, and principalities. My goal today is to evoke this image of someone who lives with clarity of purpose, duty, loyalty, sacrifice, and deep courage in all things. Because life is scary, and each of us face trials and difficulties. Illness may come, death, grief, loss will come to each of us. Some have lost their jobs. Others have faced division between ourselves and others. There is much that threatens us, and we seek to defend ourselves from these threats. Sometimes out of fear, we can recede from life, stop living fully. We need something greater to hold on to, like the shield of faith and the sword of truth and duty. We all have some duty, some responsibility arising from our place in society which we must accept and perform with honor to the best of our ability. My religious tradition is one that tends to question duty, does not accept it without some testing, without some choice-making. But there are things we must do that are difficult, that might make us unhappy, that might be exhausting, but we must find the courage and strength to do them. We do not accept these without question, but once we have made them, we stick with them. Now, to be clear, in the modern military force, duty is not merely obedience to orders. In chaotic and ever-changing circumstances, we have found that a certain flexibility to interpret orders is preferred to a blind obedience. But in order to interpret orders, one must understand one's higher purpose. One must have a mature sense of the foundation upon which sits one's duty, one's purpose, one's position. So if you accept the job, duty comes with it. If you accept to be married with another person, certain duties come with that choice. If you choose to be a parent, then you must fulfill your duty to care and nurture, sometimes perform hard work or struggle or endure the loss of things in order to fulfill your duty. So it is in the Bhagavad Gita, when the warrior Arjuna looked out over the battlefield began to doubt his duty to defend his throne against those who would take it unjustly because people that he knew and loved might be killed in the fighting. Krishna said to him, a better thing than a fight required of duty does not exist for a warrior. The Mahatma Gandhi always said that the most righteous war was the struggle within the soul of every person to live by the good, to find our duty and our purpose and carry it to the end. For such a person, there is a truth that cuts like a sword through all illusion and falsehood. And faith guards us from the flaming arrows, bad ideas from within or from others. Our faith holds such things at arm's length until they burn out. And it is the gospel of peace like sandals that help us walk upon the hard path of our duty. Now, part of what keeps us to our duty is our loyalty to those we serve. 
More often, loyalty to a warrior is those he or she fights right beside, one's company and compatriots. Primary motivation of a soldier is usually to protect those fighting at their sides. The warrior does not stand alone, but marches forth with a company of warriors, and that is one reason why people gather each week in worship, to remind ourselves that we are not struggling for peace and justice, for compassion and equity, not all by ourselves on our own, but with a company of like-minded souls, bound by God's far purpose in one living whole, as the hymn says. Not alone we conquer, not alone we fall, in each loss or triumph, lose or triumph all. There's another story that the woman told about the wall, the Vietnam War Memorial. There was a vet at the information booth trying to locate his buddy's name on the directory's computer. He knew the name should be there on the wall because he put that man onto a chopper badly wounded and he pledged to remember his friend's name because he knew he would die. And now he's looking for that name but it can't be found. A volunteer tries to help him and while they're searching another man comes up looking for his buddy's name that he too can't find. Because when he was looking down from a helicopter, being medevaced out when he was wounded. He had seen his platoon take devastating mortar fire, and he knew that his friend must have died. And then the two men realize they're looking for each other. It's a beautiful story of loyalty, that even beyond belief in the death of the other, they kept memory and relationship alive. Such relationships exist within something much larger, a deeper loyalty to the good, of sustaining relationships to the community, the nation from which we draw our very identity. Tantanka Yotanka, the Sioux warrior who's known as Sitting Bull, said when he was captured, When I was a boy, the Sioux owned the world. The sun rose and set on their land. They sent 10,000 men to battle. But where are the warriors today? Who slew them? What law have I broken that you condemn me for? Is it wrong for me to love my own? Is it wicked for me because my skin is red? Because I am Sue? Because I was born when my father lived? Because I would die for my people and my country? Sometimes our people is a particular tribe or a minority group. Sometimes our people includes all of humanity. All who long for peace and justice, compassion and equity and human living. To be loyal and to do one's duty also means that you be willing to endure some sort of sacrifice. The warrior knows there are some things worth dying for. Actually, it's been said that this saying is really not quite right. Instead of implying that your goal is death, that there are things worth dying for, the saying should be there are some things worth living for to the very end. To live for something means to live every moment in its service. In the big scheme of things, our lives are each very small. Each will end in death. So the question is not, will we die? But for what do we live? To live for something is to serve it to the very last moment of your life. The warrior may say, it is a good day to die. But this, what is meant by this is that if you live with courage and honor, any day is a day of fulfillment, whether you're killed or not. It is good because you lived by duty and loyalty, your honor has brought you to that day and you are showing clear in each moment. This is the essence of the spiritual life, not certain beliefs. 
but a purpose-driven life. And the purpose makes you brave. Pema Children, a Buddhist teacher, wrote in her book, The Places You Fear, those who train wholeheartedly in awakening the strong mind are called bodhisattvas or warriors. She says, these are not warriors who kill and harm, but warriors of non-aggression who hear the cries of the world, men and women who are willing to train in the middle of the fire. Training in the middle of the fire can mean that they enter challenging situations in order to alleviate suffering. Nelson Mandela, a great spirit warrior, wrote a book called The Sacred Warrior about Mahatma Gandhi. He wrote, Gandhi was no un ordinary leader. There are those who believe he was divinely inspired and it is difficult not to believe with them. He dared to exhort nonviolence in a time when the violence of Hiroshima and Nagasaki had exploded on us. He exhorted morality when science, technology, and the capitalist order had made it redundant. So whatever your struggle, I encourage you to be like Gandhi on the battlefield, doing your duty with honor, courage, and sacrifice. If your struggle is to get through moments of tediness, tediousness and loneliness, or if your struggle is to keep your integrity in your workplace, if it is to live in the face of illness and pain, or if someone near you, no matter what your struggle, be a warrior. If you have hold to duty, be loyal and sacrifice for the good. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.